Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse and the National Women's Soccer League both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Feeling like you need a punch of energy? Enter wonderful pistachios. I love them. The snack that packs a protein punch. And the best part, they come in so many flavors and so many sizes. Whether you're on the go or chilling at home, wonderful pistachios, they're the go-to snack for me. Here's the real kicker, the protein. These little wonders are one of the highest protein nuts out there. Just one ounce serves up a whopping six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. So visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. I love them. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Here we go. It's hour three. Live in Los Angeles, it's The Herd, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks' DK Metcalf scheduled to be on the show. They've won six of eight. They were on fire, playing well. Then they had that ugly loss at Baltimore, came back, narrowly beat Washington, and it has been nothing but trouble since. He's played great. Uh, DK just came off a, a you know, big game against Dallas. Huge game, couldn't guard him. Nice guy. We had him on the show, I think, last year at this time. But, you know, when I look at the NFL, it's funny, Jim, we talk about this. You know, I I just said, predicting week to week what happens is difficult. But big picture, we kind of know who can play, who can can't. And it mostly comes down to franchise quarterbacks. Like, Trevor Lawrence got hurt last night, so that means trouble for Jacksonville. He'll be back in probably three weeks. They'll, They'll probably sneak into the playoffs. Probably offensive coach, good quarterback, weapons, they'll probably get in. If they can win one game in the next two weeks, they'll be fine. High ankle sprain, you won't play this week, may play the next, we'll see. But you kind of know, as the quarterback, there's two or three things, it's become a quarterback league. Now, it always was. But there were years ago, you can go way, way, way back when Jim Brown could make you the best team, a running back, the late Jim Brown, right? And then we knew there's, there were times when you could be a run-first team. And you could be a dominant team. Tennessee Titans could have uh, Derrick Henry in his, his prime. He could be a number one seed. What's happened more and more and more, it's not that there's just one way to win. But overwhelmingly, unless you find a quarterback in the mid to late round and you can stack your roster, and that happens occasionally, the bottom line in the NFL is you have to have you have to have a, gr- a really, really good quarterback to win. So if you start looking at divisions... 
you know, Josh Allen's near the top. Tua with a great coach. Uh, Mahomes is at the top. Lamar Jackson's great. Jalen Hurts is great. Dak's having a great year. I don't think Brock Purdy's great, but I do think with that team and that co- – I think he's good. But the league is becoming very quarterback dependent. The other thing is it used to be – you didn't – I mean, the New England Patriots had a 20-year dynasty. They never won when they had Randy Moss. When they had their best receiver, they didn't win. In the last 8 to 10 years, because of the rule changes, wide receivers are way more valuable than they've ever been. I used to call, I remember years ago, it used to be a running joke. Chris Carter used to give me crap. I used to call receivers icing on the cake. You can have a cake without icing. The icing makes it better. Receivers are now absolutely part of the cake. Got to have a quarterback. You have to have a left tackle to protect him. You got to have a pass rusher. He got to have a star receiver. DK Metcalf is a star receiver. Last week, the Cowboys couldn't cover him. Like, I never thought that until about seven, eight years ago with the rule changes. You can't guard the best receivers. There's nothing you can do. And DK Metcalf, five years of Pro Bowler joining us live. Uh, there's DK. Good to see you again. Good to see you again. You looked all ready to go. So we, we talked about this, is that um, Seattle, you had won six of eight. And these are long seasons, DK. They last a long time and guys get hurt. And then all of a sudden you go to Baltimore. So, okay, Baltimore beats a lot of people. That's okay. You came back, you kind of struggled, you beat Washington. There's something right now that's not quite right with the Seahawks, right? Three straight losses. How does it feel to you? What's not quite right that was better five weeks ago? Um, I would say we just got to start playing more as a team and, uh, you know, as a collective team, um, you know, putting forth the same effort and having the same goal in mind. I think right now, uh, it's very sporadic. Um, you know, the offense is doing good sometimes. The defense is doing, you know, great sometimes. Special teams has been the most consistent, I think, has been on the team. But, um, you know, the offense and defense just have to come together and just play as one. Do you know before a big game, DK, like Dallas, they couldn't, they couldn't cover you. Did you know going in you were going to have a big game? Or sometimes is it just it develops over the course of a game? Or did you see on film, because they have good corners, did you did you feel like Dallas is in trouble against me? Um, well, I always feel like that, uh, you know, against any team that we play. But uh, you know, football is a, a team sport, so you know you got to be able to block, run, catch, and uh, you know throw the ball. Um, and then on the flip side of it, you got to stop the opposing team from covering um, and scoring uh, touchdowns as well. So um, no, you never know going into a team. I mean, going into a game, you know how things are going to shake out. It's just you know. Um, you know, how the game plays out and how the game plan plays out. And, you know, if something's working, you stick with it. You know, and then if it's not, then you got to, uh, you know, learn how to pivot or, you know, change on the fly. But, no, going into a game, I don't think you ever know. Niners are the most, uh, I think they're the most talented team in the league. They are not great at corner. They're good. That's probably how they're viewed is their secondary is not their strength. When you look at their overall personnel, what do you see with the Niners' defense, DK? Um, well, their front seven is great. Um, starting with Fred Warner, then uh, you know Bosa, then they added Chase Young, uh, Armstead. Uh, you know they got a whole laundry list of uh, pass rushers. Um, and then uh, you know my prayers go out to Funga, who was a great player. Yeah, uh, love going against him uh, as safety. He was definitely um, you know a problem on their defense as well. But um, yeah, they they have pretty good uh, players. 
in their secondary. Chadarius Ward is, is very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ward is good. Um, you know, they got a, a savvy vet uh, at safety and then a rookie at strong safety. So, um, you know, they, they have all the right pieces in the right place uh, in order to be successful, in my opinion. Listen, you, you, you're you a little like LeBron, that you have the body that you're going to be able to play for a long, long, long time. In fact, you've only missed one game in your career. And it's interesting, DK, because we're getting to the point in the season, the weather's cold. <laughs> Teams are missing. Nobody nobody feels good now. And I watch you and I think, now Decaf's fine. He's always good. But even for somebody of your size, when you get to this point in the season, do you feel it? Is it harder to get out there on Sunday? Is practice harder for you physically? Uh, I would say the only thing that's hard is probably practice. Uh, I'll never have to uh, hype myself up or get ready for a game because I'm always ready to play. But uh, going back to your point, I would say Bobby – and Russ and uh, Dwayne Brown were three people who I looked up to yeah. uh, when I first got in the league and how they took care of their body and how they were always, you know, uh, doing prehab stuff, whether that was massages or a cold tub, hot tub. Always, they were always taking care of their body. So that's one thing, um, you know, I lean towards uh, Bobby in that aspect. He's always working out. He's always getting massages, taking care of his body. So, um, you know, that I look up to him, you know, in, in a lot of ways. And that's just one way I try to, you know, inherit the things that he does and, uh, you know, add it to my lifestyle. You know, DK Metcalf joining us. When when you got to that team, you were very, very serious from day one. So you had a tough transition. You go from Miss Ole Miss, Mississippi. You go all the way across country. SEC to Pete Carroll. And it, that's a lot. That's 3,000 miles. That's a, that's a big ass. And you were great right away. And you were very adult, very serious, very committed right away. It's hard in the transition. But now you're di- now it's different. Now you're a leader. And I'll see you talking to Geno Smith on the sidelines. When, during a game, if you talk to Geno, what's appropriate? Because you're all emotional, right? What, how, how demanding can you be right during a game? Be like, bro, I need the ball. What are those discussions like? Because you don't want to offend somebody, but you also need to make your point. What are those sideline discussions? Be as honest as you can about those if you're not happy. Um. I would say it just goes back to practice and, you know, what we saw during the week or during film study. But anytime I go up to Gino, uh, it's always just to encourage him. Or anytime you see me talking to Shane or the running backs or the O-line, I'm always just trying to check on them and make sure they're good. Because I learned uh, last year, I'm not the vocal leader, um, but I can lead by example and I can, you know, do my job by checking on people and making sure uh, they're good because as long because I'm always going to be good and you know if I can just give them some energy or or some motivation uh, to just go out there and just keep pushing through or just keep fighting or or keep going uh, you know no matter what the adversity may be then you know I think that's my job and uh, it's just to make sure everybody's even kill and just make sure everybody's uh, ready to go anytime we step out there on the, on the field. Once again, you lead the Seahawks in touchdowns with six. You have over 800 yards. This was the team I grew up watching, the Seahawks. Pete Carroll took it over. It's been good since. He's a defensive coach. You're a star receiver. Does Pete spend a lot of time with the offense? I mean, he's obviously a very optimistic, chewing his gum a thousand miles an hour. Like, there's not, not a lot of humans like Pete. What does Pete do for you? He's a defensive guy, but what's your relationship with Pete like? Um, I would say he's like a, a father figure in in a, in a way. Um, you know, he's never trying to tell me how to run a route, um, but he always add his two cents on what I should do on a release or how I should attack somebody. And he's he's always just checking on me, making sure I'm good. Um, 
like I said, like I do with other players, uh, he does to me uh, to make sure I'm good or make sure I'm always level-headed or even killed. And uh, even when I was going through my little saga with the refs, he was always right there uh, trying to sweet-talk him with me or trying to help me through it. So um, he's always just been, you know, the, the right person at the right time whenever I needed to talk to him. So just happy uh, he's my coach and I got drafted here. <laughs> By the way, so you go, uh, you face the Niners. It's the biggest regular season game. Peyton Manning told me years ago, he said, rivalry games are different. He goes, there's preseason, there's regular season, and then there's, like, rivalry games. You tell me, when you're, when you're in the ice bath, when you're looking at film, when you're talking about the Niners, have these games felt different to you? I mean, it's always different whenever we play the Niners, going back to my rookie year, um, when they flexed our game the Sunday night or the Monday night uh, overtime victory we had with them. Um, it's always been a nail-biter um, whenever we played them, or it's always been a physical game. So uh, just looking forward to another physical game. Um, and, you know, whoever wins is, is going to be very happy, I would say, uh, Sunday night. DK Metcalf, Seahawks receiver, great the minute he walked in this league. Uh, by the way, I saw the American Sign Language. My dad was actually an optometrist, and when we were young, there were all these books about sign language in the house. I remember that. For people that haven't heard this story, can you give us an update on that and your journey through this and, and, and how long you've been uh, learning that? Yes, sir. So uh, I took one semester of sign language when I was in college uh, as a, a, a summer course. Uh, my ASL teacher, Ms. Bryant, uh, shout out to her. She, she made the class very enjoyable, so... Um, this year, I will always try to work on something or, or try to take a class outside of football just to keep my mind going. So uh, this year, I'm doing ASL, and I'm learning how to play the guitar. So, um, yeah, I just took up ASL uh, since week one. Um, my ASL teacher now, Daryl Utley, who's in Tennessee, shout out to him. Uh, he's been great. I uh, got another lesson at 1.30 here <laughs> today. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just been fun, just just learning a new language and just trying to, you know, always challenge myself to do something different. You're a good dude. I love that journey through life. Next time you're on, like Tua on the, the Manning cast, we're going to ask you to bring a guitar and have some tunes for us next year at this time. Good, good luck Sunday, DK. <laughs> Yes, sir. I appreciate you. Always good talking to you. Yeah, he was here at our Fox Studios last year. Like, you, impossible guy not to root for. Totally committed, totally into it. Not surprised at all. He decided, you know, I'm going to learn something new every year. And you know, you can you can you can attack any career two different ways. He attacks it the right way. Should we should we learn something new for 2024? You no, know, it's actually he. When I saw that the other day, I thought I should go call my sister and see if she has my dad's sign language books. I thought that's you know, if I'm sitting here sitting around from time to time, it's like I should probably. It's not a bad thing to have, right? It's like learning another language. Sure. Rosetta Stone, do that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't know. What about learning how to play pickleball? You want to learn how to I, do that? I do enough that stuff. I, oh. I do enough running around. You want to learn a musical instrument? That's not, you can't do that quickly. That's hard. I've thought that's about the goal, dude. I know. I've thought, about, I've thought about the guitar thing before, but, you know, I, it's, I don't know if I'm that committed. Sign language, I think, would be easier than learning, you know, a new, it's, that's, a, that's a, a language in itself, music. You want to learn a, an actual language that's not sign? I mean, I, you could I, learn. I, I, yes, I, th that will happen before. You want to do French? My daughter does that pretty well, yeah. Oh, maybe my, the next time I see her, I'll say, Je m'appelle Jason. <laughs> my name is Jason. Okay. <laughs> very, very exciting. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. 
Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Decovis is your stop before attending your next concert. Decovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Decovis boots made by hand, time-honored tradition with timeless styles, always on trend. They have first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style, plus their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. If you can't make it to a store, visit decovas.com, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and find your new favorite pair of boots today. J-Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. Boy, this Patriots offense, as ugly as it gets. Um, the team brought in offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien in the offseason to improve that side of the ball. But according to Albert Breer, Bill Belichick has been a roadblock for O'Brien all year. I've talked to people inside the organization who feel like Bill O'Brien isn't allowed to run the offense that he that who, he brought in here. Who's running it? That Bill's Bill Bill basically tells him like this is what this is what I want this week. This is what we're looking for, and he works within those constraints. And I think you can even see some of that like in the way that they started games early in the year against Miami, against Philadelphia before the talent issue kind of got to a critical mass. The way they come out of the gate, you could see it. Like you could see some of the ingenuity, you could see some of the rhythm in what they were doing. All of that looks like it's gone now. And I know that there are at least some people who feel like part of it's the restrictions Bill's putting on them. I think it's time to get rid of Belichick. Well, we're, let's stop. We love to talk about this. 
why is this coming out now? Is Bill O'Brien kind of protecting yes. himself? Yes. From, well, what do you know about offense? You so came Bill, in they were worse. So Bill's not winning. Bill's stubborn. His assistants get rejected in the league. Highest the paid off- coach. Highest paid coach. Uh, his, his, um, at some point, folks, you can't wear your high school letterman jacket around in your 40s. Who gives a rip what he did five, six, seven, eight years ago? It's over. He's tone deaf. He's rigid. He won't listen. I would move off him tomorrow, build a statue, let him go to Nantucket and hang out. But it's over. Everything, trees don't grow to the sky. Every stock has a sell point. Every person at some point's got a ceiling. It's time to move off him if these stories are true. I mean, they tell, what are we going to do here? Let's say they do get Drake May. You think this guy can draft people to help him? Green Bay, the Packers have drafted more between Reed, Watson, Dobbs, Wick. They have acquired, drafted, and developed more good receivers in two years than Belichick's done in 15. The, it's the, time. The worst part is that you cannot actually watch this team without being like visibly disgusted. Like they're, They can't move the football at all. They don't throw the ball down the field. The Chargers disrespected them. Both safeties in the box. Go ahead, Bailey. We'll double dog dare you to throw it deep down the field. And Belichick's like, no, we're not doing it. it it's, it's brutal. They, they stink. Uh, next yep. up. Two head coaches have already been fired and many more are on the hot seat. Fox Sports' Greg Allman broke down the assistants who are in line for a shot at head coaching jobs. Here are the 10 coaches to watch on Fox Sports. Colin, Eric Bieniemy, that that's surprising to me. I can't imagine that he's near the top of the list. Well, I think Sam Howell's been pretty productive. I think their defense is embarrassing. I'd give Bieniemy an interview. Okay, sure. An interview. Fine. I mean, everybody gets well, the interviewed. Number, the, one, the number one candidate is Ben Johnson. No doubt about it. Now, it's early, but Bobby Slowick with the Texans, if you're Houston, you've got to start panicking big time. Yeah. Okay, you got a rookie quarterback. He's dynamic, and you're going to pull the OC away, and he's maybe going to go get a head job. Well, Dan uh, Quinn's already built a winner. He's got to be a top candidate. He's been trying to get a head coaching job at two for a couple years. Uh, Kellen Moore, we need to see uh, a little bit more. McDonald of the Ravens is interesting. Came over from Michigan. Uh, I, I, Brian Johnson of the Eagles. I, I, I'm not seeing that. He's tight with Jalen Hurts. I don't see him going. Here's the overwhelming thing. This list ain't that all impressive right now. It's just not. Like, well, Ben Johnson feels like the okay. strongest of this group. Ben Johnson can call plays and run an offense. Can he build and develop a that's, culture? That's a which great... is what you need. You need a culture. Yeah. And I don't know if he's capable of that. I mean, he's that's, like a young... That's Harbaugh and Dan Quinn have done it before, and both have been to a Super Bowl. So that, to me, is the two best candidates. I think Ben Johnson's the third best candidate. So Mike McDaniel, the question, Jason, what, McDaniel can't build a culture? Look who he hired as his defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio. He just says, Vic, that's all you. You run it. I got the offense. And the Dolphins' culture right now is his offense. So seeing defensive guys on this list, like, I mean, I feel bad for McDonald as good as he's been. Hey, Raheem Morris has had a great great. year, but I cannot go defensive coach. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Here's the current draft order. Bears at the top. Look at um, you notice when anybody says show the draft order when anybody well, we're gonna do it next next okay okay again. all right, uh, all right let, let's get to it Caleb Williams has uh, officially made his decision Lincoln Riley announced Caleb Williams will not play in USC's bowl game shocker yeah uh, he's going to the draft we know that USC plays Louisville in the Holiday Bowl oh jeez um, but let's get to the draft order because this is fun and we'll be doing this for months now right uh, the Bears are at the top we're gonna just take Caleb Williams that's done. It's over. Okay. Let's argue about other stuff. No, stop, Colin. We don't even know who the GM is going to be, the head coach. There's a lot of uncertainty in Chicago right now. Nobody's job is safe. We don't know who's going to be making the pick. And I said it before. This process, as these things play out, 
people fall in love with guys. Remember, a team fell in love with RG3, traded up for him, looked genius after a year. Okay, Baker Mayfield. Everything's on the table. I'll say from Jaden Daniels to Drake May. I'm not I'm even joking. Some of these guys think they know. We know nobody knows quarterbacks. Patriots are two need a quarterback. They're going to take Drake May. Okay. Arizona three. Harrison. Harrison. Okay. What happens with the Washington Commanders? I think they'll give. Uh, 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 they're going to give Sam Howell another year with an offensive coach. I I don't think he's a hoist the trophy guy, but they'll probably no, do that. You sure about that new new uh, so, new ownership? Group? I I think they'll take the great left tackle from Penn State. That's who I would take. Okay. I'll just remind you. And I don't have any intel here. New ownership group. Go ahead and look into Josh Harris and uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. I think Washington's going big game hunting. They're not going to be happy at four. Four's like, you know, the loser's prize. Well, let's just, let's just not project that. Let's go back to the draft order and give the audience a land. Let's project. So you can say what you want. Caleb Williams is going one. I got Luck right. I got Trevor Lawrence right. He's going one. Okay. Two is going to be Drake May. Three is going to be Harrison. Uh, four is the left tackle from Penn State. You're taking a left tackle over a quarterback. No, I, that's the third best quarterback. That's the best left tackle prospect in five years. So I'll take the best left tackle prospect in half a decade over the third best quarterback in in a in a sport where one hits a year. Then See, the I Bears you again. Third let's, best let's. This is what they're, they're. If they go quarterback, fine. But let's give the audience something instead of just you know. Okay. Let's do the obvious stuff. So, Caleb Williams, obviously. So what is the Bears' fifth pick then? Again, I think they're going to change coaches. There's a lot of way. Brock Bowers at tight end, but they have tight ends. There's there's the defensive end from Florida State. There's what about the in- wide receiver from uh, Washington? Uh, he, that's too high for him. Uh, there's a wide receiver, neighbors from LSU. I think that's too high for him. I would do Brock Bowers at tight end. and well, I would, Jets at six. Brock Bowers is certainly in play. Yeah. So I, the Jets, although I would argue the Jets' number one need is a left tackle. I would go Dame. Joe Alt-Notre yeah, Dame. Good. So I'm Bears. I probably go. I think they put money on the offensive side, and they have a left tackle they like. I would go the best defensive player available at five. Okay. Okay, then six, I would go left tackle Jets. Seven, I would go quarterback. I'd go panic. I'd go somebody. I I, I don't care. I think their defense is fine. Even though you got uh, DeVito in there this week? (laughs) I would go quarterback Giants. Uh, They'll stay with Will Levis. Uh, Titans at eight. They may go wide receiver. They could get the LSU kid of the Husky receiver. Saints, I'd go quarterback. But uh, Really? They, They just spent a ton on Derek Carr. Yeah. You, do you like what it looks like? I, I think you got to get a new head coach in there. Now, 10 is fascinating because Baker Mayfield has got them. I mean, he's not getting them over the top. Jaden Daniels. I, I think, I you're don't gonna think have, Daniels is going to be there at 10. I'll just say that. I think you're going to. Okay, so how about this? Four quarterbacks in the first 10 picks. Yeah, why not? No, it's not even a why not. It's yeah. like, it's going to happen. I would not be shocked if there were five, Colin. I wouldn't I, either. With the quarterback injuries this league has had, if you are doing a disservice to your franchise if you're not taking a shot at I'll, a quarterback I'll say this. If, every if, single year. So Arizona's in a weird spot. If Marvin Harrison, who's arguably the best receiver prospect ever, and Kyler Murray, they have their quarterback. If, if, if you didn't have Marvin Harrison in this draft and I was Arizona, I would trade down. So it's a weird quandary. If you didn't have Harrison, Arizona should trade down and get multiple picks. But Harrison is such an unbelievable prospect and a position they need a dominant perimeter playmaker, and he works his butt off. He's a good kid. So Arizona's going to take that pick. Nine out of ten years, you're Arizona. You get out of that pick and trade down. 
But Harrison is so gifted. I mean, it's very rarely do you look at a player and go, yeah, that's going to work. Harrison is one on one. I just keep coming. Like, Justin Jefferson was like, what, 19? No, no, no. Justin Jefferson was really good. Jamar Chase was a prospect. They're not Harrison. Right? I mean, Tyreek Hill dropped in the draft. He had some off-field stuff. I I love Harrison. You can find dynamic superstar Uh, receivers. I don't think you can find him. I remember when Adrian Peterson came out of Oklahoma, and I talked to a scout. He's like, there's a great running back, and then there's him. He goes, literally, he's stronger than the linebackers that will tackle him. He's faster than the corners that will pursue him. He'll run over some defensive ends. Like, you do get to these players, you're like, okay, there's just nothing else in the world like that at 21 years old. you got to take Harrison. And it does does help that dad was pretty good at the same position. Yeah, decent. Like, it's not like he doesn't. His dad was a, consider the same thing, a workaholic, totally driven, focused. Uh, Jay Mack with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. um, So we got into a big discussion earlier. J-Mac loves Brock Purdy. He would vote him MVP. I think he's good, but I don't think he's that valuable. So Nick Wright earlier on um, on Brock Purdy, kind of to Nick and I, we think he should be under the radar a little bit here. Let, take a deep breath, pull it back on the MVP talk. I think he is the fourth most valuable player on his offense. I think Trent Williams, Christian McCaffrey, and Debo are all more valuable to the Niners than Brock Purdy. That is not an indictment. Saying a guy is not going to get the single most prestigious individual award the league gives out is not saying he's a bum, but it is acknowledging the fact that right now, anyone in America that is not picking the Niners to coast to the Super Bowl, there are only two possible reasons. One is, well, we're afraid of injury, but that applies to every single team. The other one is, you have questions about their quarterback. Yeah, so what do you make of that argument? But if you are not one of the top players in your offense, he's not Trent, Christian, Debo, Kittle. He's not. In terms of talent, and, and, and he's just not. Those are Hall of Fame-level players. So at best, he's the fifth, and I don't think he's nearly as talented as Brandon Ayuk. If you're the sixth or seventh most talented player on your offense, could you be an MVP? So, yeah, there was this MVP in the 80s. Someone smart texted me during the show after our discussion. They heard it. There was this guy in the 80s who went to Notre Dame, and he was a good quarterback. Not great. Not the number one pick. Not first round. And he goes to the San Francisco 49ers, and he plays for this guy named Bill Walsh. And then he's got Jerry Rice, one of the greatest receivers ever, and John Taylor, an all-pro, and Roger Craig, a running back. He's loaded, and he wins two MVP awards. But we didn't hear any, well, he's got a loaded team and the greatest coach and all that stuff. That's because. That's because he went to Notre Dame. No. Yeah, and he was a golden boy, and Brock Purdy was the last pick. No. That's because Joe Montana was still, by the way, Joe Montana could 360 a basketball. Joe Montana was still, outside of Jerry Rice, hands down the most talented Niner. Jerry Rice is the best receiver ever, so we'll give him that. Joe Montana, for 20 years, on shows like this, was the GOAT. That's not, that's not a, Brock Purdy's the sixth, the seventh most talented guy in his offense. Montana was second. I mean, Jerry Rice is literally the best receiver ever, which is saying something. Montana was second. The, all the John Taylor, wonderful. Dwight Clark, the late, great. Montana was an amazing athlete, an amazing quarterback, mastered the position. 
I mean, there was literally for 20 years on shows like this. We put him above Aikman, Bradshaw, Favre. It was like Montana, Joe Cool. So you don't compare Brock Purdy to Joe Montana. I already compared Purdy to early Tom Brady at this point. And this argument that why is Dak being hyped? By the way, Montana would go into these Super Bowls. Wasn't he winning MVP usually in these Super Bowls? He was the most valuable player in the biggest games. He was the best player. I mean, Brock Purdy in the two biggest games of the season destroyed Philadelphia on the road, destroyed Mm. Dallas, and he had like eight touchdowns and no interceptions. So you're comparing Super Bowl MVPs to, hey, we beat the Cowboys at home in the regular season. Can we wait for Brock to get to a Super Bowl? It might happen this year. We'll see. But this uh, the argument about Dak being on like the promo for Fox, which I get, he's been the quarterback of the Cowboys for eight years. He's the face of the franchise. By by the way, when Dak was in college at Mississippi State, they were a very, very good team. He left. They were a bad team. So, I mean, you know, it's, Dak was very influential in college, very influential in the NFL. I mean, remember when he moved into Dallas, Tony Romo was the quarterback. And, like, Tony Romo acknowledged, yeah, it's his team. Tony Romo was beat up. Tony Romo was a good B-plus quarterback in the NFL. He was the face of the Cowboys, right? Yeah. And literally, Tony Romo acknowledged about an hour in, yeah, Dak's the guy. So, I mean, and, and so... We gotta be. We gotta be a little fair. I mean, I'm not. You're. 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 What you're doing is you're cornering me. I'm not anti Purdy. I think he's good, but I think Dak uh, for this year. I think Dak's having an insane no, year. No question. What, what I think is funny, not funny, but Mike McCarthy's doing really well without Aaron, and Matt Lafleur is doing now really well without Aaron, who's not doing well. Aaron. Aaron? Yeah. Not. Not great news for him. I think Aaron should have taken a deep breath. And I always thought he appreciated Green Bay, but at the end, he got a little into his... Yeah, he got a little power hungry. It's okay. You guys guys are lucky to have me, and they weren't lucky to have you. Green Bay was great before you. They'll be fine after you. McCarthy won games before you. He's winning games after you. Aaron had this sort... I I think Aaron always respected Green Bay. But I do think at the end, you know, you're 300 million net worth. You're a big star. Yeah. 25 commercials. There's this sense that you guys are lucky to have me. And I think it was more 60-40. Aaron was lucky to have them because there is dysfunction all over this league. Yeah. There are 10 lousy owners, 15 marginal GMs. There is a chaos in every other building in this league. There is never chaos in Green Bay. Yeah. Ever. Does it feel like Rodgers wanted his Brady moment? I'm going to go to New York. I'm going to pick this guy. I'm going to get this receiver, this offensive coordinator. I'm going to grab this running back, like the way Brady got all those guys in Tampa. We're going to win the Super Bowl. I'm going to look like a genius. And it's all, like literally every move has backfired on Aaron Rodgers. Power's probably overrated. Everybody's seeking it, and it may be overrated. Brady never had it in New England. He had it briefly in Tampa, but it was a struggle. It was a struggle, yeah. Matt Stafford did not have it in Los Angeles. Yeah, I don't think he craves it like that. Yeah. I, he doesn't seem like that kind of guy. Rodgers has had a chip on his shoulder. They overlooked me. I should have been the number one pick. Yeah. I fell. Bleep everyone. I had to sit behind this power-hungry guy in Favre. Like, it's, it's an interesting look at just power and how it can corrupt. Corrupt, indeed. Yeah. yeah. Rick Buecher, check in. NBA stuff next. Live in L.A., The Herd. Want more Herd? The Herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search Herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. 
Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Teams are knocking on the door of the conference finals, and DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered every step of the way with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out. As the NBA postseason winds down, it's fantastic. Super easy to get started with DraftKings. If you're a first-timer, really easy. Try betting on something like a team to win. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook's app, select your team, and place your first bet. It's that simple, really. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Decovis is your stop before attending your next concert. Decovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Decovis boots made by hand, time-honored tradition with timeless styles, always on trend. They have first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. If you can't make it to a store, Visit decovas.com, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Well, there's been a lot of things happening in the NBA. The in-season tournament is getting a lot of attention. Last night was probably the best in-season tournament game. Tonight, Suns-Lakers, another huge in-season tournament game. And Rick Buecher's been covering the league for about 30 years. So what do I take away? Pacers-Celtics, you actually have a fairly hot take on this, which I don't necessarily disagree with, because you and I have always had sort of the same feeling on Jason Tatum, that yeah. being a being a great yeah. top five player is not just athletic ability; it's a mindset. It is a, a an 100%. instinct. Are you a killer? Do you have sort of that? Give me the ball. I'm selfish. Get out of the way. I've never felt Tatum has that. Mm-hmm. So you watched the Celtics Pacers last night, and tell me your takeaway, which you told me during the break, which is interesting. Well, this has always bothered me because I look at the Celtics talent-wise. I felt the same way last year, the last couple of years. And 
another iteration of them being incredibly talented, arguably the most talented team in the league. And yet, they get into these big moments, and for one reason or another, things go sideways, and it generally goes sideways with Jason Tatum. Now, Jason Tatum can have big games, he can have big performances in big games, and then he can also completely unravel in big games. And last night was one of those semi-unraveling, certainly in the, in, in the end. And w this is what is at the heart of why, I, no matter how talented they are, that I'm not buying that the Boston Celtics are going to win a championship with this iteration. And it's because once you get to the postseason, they are going to face either a better star or a better head coach. Yeah. One or the other they're going to get in a game. And those are the elements that decide games, close games, at the end. And it just so happened that last night, they faced both. Tyrese Halliburton, I would take over Jason Tatum, today, tomorrow, next week, whenever. And Rick Carlisle, obviously, over Joe Missoula. Yeah, I'm taking. And that, to me, is why it just seems at the most inopportune times they appear rudderless. The um, so there was an incident, LeBron Emeadoka, and it was uh, the B word got thrown around. Everybody had an opinion. What was your takeaway? You know both on the incident. Yeah, look, Emeadoka. It's the reason that he's in Houston. Uh, is that he is a confrontational. No buts. He's the same as a coach as he was as a player. He made it in the league because he was tough and he took no guff. Didn't matter star, whoever, were, who, whoever you were, he was going to challenge you. Uh, I'm, I'm taking a name from the Pat. Rajah Bell kind of had the same attitude. Number of guys, P.J. Tucker, guys who are like, I can only stay in the league if I am not going to be bowed by anyone. And so LeBron, he's going to confront him. And, and LeBron, quite honestly, uh, people take issue with him confronting the coach. LeBron has been doing whatever LeBron wants to do for how long in the league? So if he wants to go at a coach, he's going to go at a coach. If he wants to miss a game to go see his son play his first college game, he's going to, he's going to do that. However you feel about it, whether you think it's right or it's wrong, LeBron has, uh, has had that cachet for years now in terms of being able to do whatever he wants. So... Mm -hmm. Ime Odoka is just one of those who goes, you can do whatever you want, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to put up with it. The dynasty uh, feels meek and small and Steph Curry reliant. Chris Paul was at desperate a last yeah. gasp. It did make the second unit better. They've lost 9 of 12. They at times look old. Um, what do you make of the war? It, it does feel like none of these things end elegantly and well, and it kind of feels like, of course, this is yeah. what they're going to look like, right? They've extended it beyond what, what they should have. And so, uh, look, we didn't expect them to win the last championship, and that's what Warriors fans are always going to hang out there when they struggle like this. Go, remember what happened last time? Everybody counted them out, and then, lo and behold, they went and won another ring. Here's the issue that they're facing right now. Uh, Colin, I'll, and I'll put the question to you. What is it that the Warriors do better than anybody else in the league? What makes them particularly unique? What is their whole card that they go to, that they can rely on, that they can count on? 
in their in their game. Well, currently nothing. It, no, yeah, exactly. currently nothing. Right, and so it's a matter of they're reinventing themselves on the fly because it used to be you had the Draymond Green power power forward point forward wrinkle. You had the shooting. You had the versatility defensively where you could put five guys on the floor and switch them all. Uh, they don't have any of those elements anymore that are greater than anybody else in the league. There are teams that are, can play small ball better than they can. There are teams that can defend much better than they can. There are a bunch of teams who can shoot better than they can. So what is it that can be their strength? That's what they're trying to figure out right now, and they're trying to do it, uh, do it on the fly. And so as a result, can they get this together and be better by the end of the season? I would fully expect that they are going to be better by the end of the season. Are they going to find some magical elixir or formula that suddenly makes them the riddle that everybody else has to figure out? I'm afraid that those days are over and that formula is residing in Denver right now. So uh, has there been to you, we know who's good at the top, is there an, a macro trend? Is there, is there any big surprise in the NBA this year to you? Yeah. To me, it is without question that the small markets, the small markets are back, baby. Yeah. Colin, the small, <laughs> Oklahoma City, Orlando Magic, Minnesota Timberwolves. Like, sometimes you get the first quarter, first half of the season, and you have some of these teams or have a team that jumps up and they, they win a lot of games. This is not the Utah Jazz. Let's not mistake that. The Oklahoma City Thunder are a complete team. And, and I'll stop there. I think Minnesota made a mistake by going to get Rudy Gobert. Orlando is still half-baked, but Sacramento is legitimate. I, I just looked my my power rankings this week. Top 10. Only two major markets in the top 10. Boston at number one and Philadelphia at number eight. The rest, and I include Denver in the mix, are all small market teams. And I believe that what we're seeing is a sea change in that building a team under these under in this collective bargaining agreement now requires patience and in the big markets whether you're the lakers or the clippers or you're the knicks or even the the, the brooklyn nets uh dallas there's this pressure to go out and make the big move that is going to get you that last piece that's going to give you that star nucleus that's going to make you a championship team and I just don't believe that that formula can get you there in today's NBA and what you have is in the small markets Oklahoma City and Orlando and Sacramento where they can just build piece by piece they don't have the national media clamoring from them or their fans clamoring you got to make a big move you got to go get this star that's what Dallas does you got to go get Kyrie Irving you got to go get Kristaps Porzingis. And so what you're seeing is you're seeing very formidable teams being slowly baked and put together. And they look like they're here to stay. So get prepared for some small market teams vying for championships for the foreseeable future. Rick Buecher, Fox Sports NBA analyst. Good seeing you, buddy. How was that? That was great. How was that? I liked it a lot. A lot of information. A lot of stuff Thank circulating. You. Good to see upstairs. you too. Good to see you too. The uh, small market teams. How about that?
Uh, Denver's not, you know, Denver's, when, you know, I always think it's funny when people call Minnesota and Denver small market teams. I don't know what they are. It's like Minnesota's like a corporate hub. You ever been to Minnesota? It's big. I mean, it's not New York, Chicago. Never been to big. Minnesota, no. But no. in the NBA, they would be deemed a small market team. Would Denver would be in Minnesota, small market team. Denver. Denver's I mean, what's big. a big market? I mean, how is it? Atlanta is a big market. Chicago, Atlanta, New York, Philly, Boston, L.A. Those are the San Francisco's a big. San Francisco's a big market. Okay, so there are about seven big markets in the country. Houston's a, the but third. But New York fourth. has two. L.A. has two. I'm just saying. So what you're saying is Seattle, one of the richest American cities. Seattle, Minnesota. Seattle doesn't even have a team anymore. No, I'm just saying oh. we, we deem like the Mariners are small market. And I'm always like it's a wealthy city. I don't understand it. It's weird about, it's, I mean, when I go to Denver, I don't think, oh, what a tiny town. What a small market. <laughs> Memphis, Buffalo, Memphis as pro sports town. St. Louis. Like, they don't feel like very big towns. They're so, not real vibrant. Okay, maybe big market is, do you have a base, a pro team, baseball, basketball, football? That is your big market if you've got all three. Is that fair? Houston has... Yeah, Houston. Houston's major market. Yeah, it's a major market. So let's go to the major markets in America are New York, L.A., Chicago. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Boston. Boston. D.C.? These, yeah. Houston. Houston. Atlanta. Dallas. Dallas. That's nine. Did we say Chicago? I mean, by the way, Phoenix has all those. They're not big market. Uh, that's a tough. Phoenix is probably right there on the fringe. I'm sure if we looked at and population. Then next, yeah, I mean, so by the way, so does Miami. They don't feel big market. You have to include like Fort Lauderdale. Actually, Miami, well, yeah, the, the Dolphins are they're the Miami Dolphins, but they play in So I, I think Miami, Phoenix, Seattle, Denver, Minneapolis fall into the next group. Yeah. I think there's about nine what you Detroit is another one falls into the next group. But at nine I mean when you go to Atlanta, that feels big. Houston feels huge. Dallas feels spread out. OKC big. feels nothing. There is no feeling in OKC. Just go. No, we didn't did we include yeah, this is getting going on and on. San Francisco's obviously a big market. Yeah, yeah. They got two of everything, feels like. Two baseball at one point. That team's going uh, you to know Vegas. what I think the big debate's going to be? FSU was like the big debate. Mm -hmm. I think this Brock Purdy thing, based on the responses I'm seeing to our discussion, yeah. is going to be like a thing for the next. By the way, Dak wins this weekend, which he will. He'll leapfrog Purdy and be the leader in the MVP race. You heard it here first. Don't be so sure he wins. Philadelphia is a good team. All right, we're done. We're done for today. <laughs> the herd. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.